from Los Angeles, California. This is the Writer's Strike Chronicles, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Friday, February 1st, 2008, day 90 of the Writer's Strike. In today's episode, I meet up with Noreen Shankar, executive producer of CSI. I first met Noreen at the Star Trek picketing event at Paramount Studios back in December. Let's listen. Okay, I'm at the picket lines here with Noreen Shankar. Noreen, how you been doing today? Oh, you know, pretty good. Just walking in circles. Okay. Last time I saw you was back in December. How have you been since that time? Well, you know, I, th- I think I can s- probably speak for a lot of people in the Writers Guild. Is it, You know, it's been tough, but we're hanging in there, and people's spirits are really good, and it's another great turnout in, in front of Fox. So I think people's spirits are up. What have you been doing with your time? What have I... <laughs> I've been doing a lot of this, actually. Um, you know, it was nice having a little bit of a break. I... You know, to, to be honest, I haven't been you know going off for a holiday or a vacation. It doesn't feel like that's kind of time for me, so it's a little bit unsettled and things are a bit in limbo. So I've been enjoying spending some time at home with my wife, and uh, you know, I, I get precious little time to do that in the course of a normal year in any event. So that's a plus. Right. Okay. So um, we're here today to, for SAG and WGA Solidarity. Can you comment on that? I think SAG has been phenomenal uh, the way they've supported the WGA. I mean, uh, Alan Rosenberg is married to Mark Helgenberger, who's one of our stars, so I know Alan well, and uh, his support, SAG's support, has meant a tremendous amount to the Writers Guild. The members have been uh, joining us on the picket line since day one. There's going to be a ton of people out here today. Uh, you know, at, at the SAG Awards last night, they, you know, a lot of nice things were said about the writers, and I, and I think it's, it's actually terrific that our two guilds can come together like that under these circumstances. What do you think about the terms of the DGA and the MPTP agreement? You know, I think there's some good stuff. There's some stuff that's not so good. There's some stuff that we need to work with, you know, but that's what's going on right now. I, I can't comment on, on how the actual, you know, progress on any of these issues is because there's been a news blackout. Uh, I do think that there were some significant gains in the DGA deal, especially the ones about jurisdiction and, uh, and, and uh, transparent auditing and yeah. the uh, distributor's gross definitions, the streaming. Uh, residuals are, are going to be contentious, and uh, that's obviously something that we have to work on. And then there's WGA-specific issues like separation of rights um, and a number of other elements that obviously need to be dealt with that are not important to the DGA but are very important to us. Okay. I'd heard rumors that the strike will last, uh, could probably be wrapped up in about two weeks. Had you heard that? You know, uh, in situations like this, you have a tremendous amount of rumors that fly around. Yeah. I remember, you know, in, uh, I think, about two weeks after the strike started, people were saying, a deal's been done, we're going to go back to work, and it was just hot air. I think you got to be very cautious about getting your hopes up, and you got to be cautious about getting too depressed about things. One thing I've seen happen a lot is that that people are so ready to jump to conclusions and jump to action based on absolutely unverifiable and incomplete information, and that should not be what's, what, what people do, I don't think. I think that we have, you know, right now our leadership and our negotiators are talking to the companies, and... I think that's positive that we're still talking um, because that hasn't happened. It's a real negotiation now, and that should be where people leave it. And, you know, we do our part, and they're doing their part. 
and that's the way it should be. Last time I spoke to you, I asked you about the future of media. Now I have a question, and that is, what do you think is a more powerful invention? Okay, I want it to be standalone, um, legacy notwithstanding. Okay. What is a more powerful invention, the internet or the printing press? I mean, you know what, you, you would have to say, Okay, I can't. I can't give you a simple answer because I don't, I don't think, want a simple answer. I don't think it's a simple question, but you could certainly make the argument that in each of the, the historical context in which each of those inventions occurred, they probably will be looked upon as having equal importance because what the printing press did was put learning and knowledge in books into the hands of everybody. What the internet is doing now in a much more media-driven age is putting the power of what used to be, you know, the sole province of broadcast networks and movie distributors into the hands of many, many people. If, if that is typically the way that people are expressing themselves in the modern era, much where back when people had books and printing presses, that's how they could, you know, express themselves back then. Well, printing presses created revolutions, all right? And I suspect the Internet is going to do the same thing. Anything else as we wrap this up? No, you tell me. I'm here at your beck and call. <laughs> wow. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. You have been listening to the Rider Strike Chronicle podcast, available for free through iTunes. For more information, visit us at www.strikechronicles.com. To contact us, please call 310-439-8754 or send us an email at info at strikechronicles.com.